entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. And a special welcome to my guest host, Jay Kelly Owey. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Jay Kelly Hoey and I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. And we are all leaders at some point, so you can then inspire others. You can find out more about Jay Kelly Hoey at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And you can find Kelly on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find the Business Builder Show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. That's at www.c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Okay, Kelly, let's get going. Hey, this is Kelly Hoey, guest host of the Business Builder Show, and I am absolutely thrilled to be interviewing my friend, Maxie McCoy, writer, speaker, um, like me, obsessed with giving women the tools they need to believe in themselves. She's the author of You're Not Lost. Um, Maxie, thank you for coming on the Business Builder Show. I'm so thrilled to be here, Kelly. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about you a little before we dive into the book. Um, and I know your story, but I'd like you to lay it out for others. Let's talk about the path and career choices that got you where you are today. Um, how much time do we have exactly? <laughs> it has been a wild ride, but I think the thing that you know continues to to pop up is just how not linear it was. You know, I started my career in sports broadcasting. I then moved into women's leadership as that became really where my heart was pulling me towards. And I had the great gift of being able to be on the road for about oh, four plus years, specifically talking to women, building out global communities. And while I did that, I was like, shoot, I've always loved to write. Why am I not capturing all of this magic that's happening on the ground? And so I started blogging and then that blogging, you know, turned into a lot of people asking for more. One of the things they were asking for was a book. And then I made the decision, okay, you know, I think a book is in my future. I've always dreamed of this, but I think I'm ready because there's a clear message um, and a clear question that I want to answer. And I thought, you know, I'll just go write a book. And then I learned, much, much harder than that. Uh, and, you know, for me, it was a couple years of, you know, between the time that I was introduced originally to some agents, one of whom became my agent, Kelly, that you and I both share. Um, and, you know, she was, she and others were very honest with me that I had a lot of work to do in terms of building up platform. You know, I had this core message. I knew what I was about. I had started to build a platform, but there was a lot of work I needed to do before I could play with the big dogs. And so I spent, a, you know, over a year trying to do all of that in terms of growth. And then, then, you know, we continued to work and we got me a book deal and my book came out in August. So we are here. Uh, it's like awesome. And I, one, of, one of the things I love is, 
what I hear you saying is, you know, the whole idea, the thing we hear people say is, hey, follow your passion. Well, you yeah. know what, if you're not prepared to follow that with, you know, a shovel and a pitchfork to do the work, <laughs> you know, like, where's it going to get you? And and you had a passion to get a message to women, but you were also prepared to put in a heck of a lot of work. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I was. I'm, I'm a worker at heart. But, you know, Kelly, I think the other thing around what you're saying to follow your passion, honestly, sometimes I think it can be BS because all of us are smart. All of us work really hard. You know, if it was as easy as following your passion, I think we'd all already be doing it. So, you know, the bigger questions that I think are there is, is how can you use doing the work, like what you're talking about of just putting in the work and trusting that when it's aligned with what lights you up, that it's going to get somewhere. But, you know, we all get really obsessed with it being the end all be all. Exactly. And I'm going to say in your path from when you decided, you know, to exit the world of sports broadcasting and Mm -hmm. really focus on your interest in lifting up other women. I mean, that's been what, like a seven year? Uh, Yeah, it's been seven plus years. And do you want to know how it happened? It happened because I was like, oh, my gosh, I am so miserable in this world. I don't want to end up in Bristol, Connecticut, you know, so I made another another jump. And then eventually I was like, shoot. I don't know. I am so lost. I have no idea what to do. So I'm just going to sign up for a writing class and write about the things that interest me most. And in that writing class, I, you know, I met because of it, I met the founders of the company, you know, that were the rocket ship in this career of women's leadership. But it was all from a choice to essentially pursue a hobby. I love that. I love that. You know, people wonder, like, how do you, how do you get things started? And sometimes, you know, we can maybe snicker about journaling or, you know, vision boards. But some of that stuff, like, it just does uncrack. I think my own, I would say the own, my own outline for my own book was, you know, because I would say years of blogging um, and yeah. having bits and pieces of, you know, myself and little notes left everywhere and went, oh, right, there's something here. It's all, it all comes together eventually, doesn't it? But, but I think, you know, what stops us is thinking that it's all supposed to be together before we begin. And I think that's one of the big, you know, fallacies of, of being able to find the work and do the work is, is thinking that the plan's already there, you know, before you start stepping. And in in my opinion, you know, the path unfolds when you begin. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't. You you might see the destination, and you got to st- step off the start. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna say the starting square. Uh, and yeah, just just do the work and see where it ha- see see how it gets you to what your end yeah. result is. Yeah. Now, now, all right, Maxie. So we're co- conducting this business builder show interview in February. Yes. Um, now this is well past the expiration date for New Year's resolutions for those <laughs> who make them. Gosh oh, darn it! Oh gosh, again, I have failed to make resolution resolutions that I have failed to keep. Yeah. But. You've addressed this uh, about keeping New Year's resolutions. Mm. Um, so now that we have, you know, what, 10, 10 and a half months left to accomplish something this year, um, you know, let's talk about your four questions for end of month reflection. Yeah, you know, I think end of month can be so important because or just reflection in general, right? We get so obsessed on where we're going that it's like, wait, if I would just take a second to turn around so many of the answers to where I want to be in the future or in the steps of where I've already been. So, you know, questions like these are so important to me and important to me to communicate because I think when we are feel like our wheels are spinning, all we have to do is just take five minutes to ask ourselves something. So, you know, four that I've written that are specifically around end of month are asking, you know, just 
what your happiest memory was, the thing that brought you the most joy, I think can be um, really enlightening to where you're driving energy and what actually matters. The second one is what is the one lesson I learned and who was my teacher? Because, you know, those those lessons month to month, I think we'd all agree January felt kind of long. So there might have been more than one lesson. Um, but those really tend to add up. And then, you know, what stress or concern worked itself out? I really love that question because I think when we can look back and know, okay, this worked itself out, whatever you're currently facing, you'll remind yourself that this actually is going to relieve itself as well. Um, And then the last one is what areas of my life did I make the most progress and conversely, the least progress, Uh, you know, and just really looking at what mountains were we able to move in a month Uh, and taking inventory of that really does build up your ability to do more. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love the idea of like things working themselves out because we can expend so much energy festering over something. Yeah, right. It's like that meme, uh, you've made it through 100% of your worst days. And that, you know, I think is really important to come back to anytime we're, we're feeling the anxiety, the stress, the fear of of making big things happen, you know. Well, I'm going to say it's sort of back to our discussion on passion. We've got we've got this sort of fixation on moving quickly and and failing yeah. fast and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes we just need to, I want to say, in, in, insert a pause yes. and just and, and stillness so that we can actually see what's going on. Yeah, good things take time, right? And it's you know I think about that in the context of my journey with my book. You know I have so many people who reach out and like, oh my gosh, look at how much you've done since we last talked. I'm like, no, no, this was a choice every day for three plus years in order to see this through. And it just looks like it on social media. It looks like it was fast, like it was quick, like it was, you know, this thing just kind of happened. And man, sometimes I thought it would kill me. (laughs) I I like to jokingly say, you know, being in my own case, you know, being that overnight success at 53, like, you know, let's, can we look at all the failed careers and starts? Talk about that. Yes. Yes. Which is why I'm, you know, I'm obsessed with your story and you are a constant inspiration. Always have been like, we are not a failure if we don't make some effing list by the time we're 30. Exactly. And, you know, I say that's, that's one of those things that you talk about and that sort of that obsession talk, I mean, for someone who was older, those lists, I mean, they drive me nuts and I, it reflects on my own career as an attorney and thinking things weren't happening fast enough in my twenties, but what's it like for a millennial to see those lists? How does that affect you? Yeah. I think it's so interesting. You bring that up from your perspective, because I think it affects everyone, right? It affects every generation and, and, What I think is absurd is that you have all these young people who truly believe and are are pushing themselves, are burning themselves out for the glory of these lists. And I don't personally feel like I'm being dramatic in saying that. Like it really causes a lot of swirl and a lot of pressure. And, you know, I think that it just it really prevents you from experimenting, from trying things, from letting things go that aren't working because you're so obsessed with this path that is supposed to get you to success that you don't realize in the case of your career and most people's careers who are successful, they are successful because they were willing to take a chance to try something new, to let something go. And that can happen at any age. And I think we can make ourselves miserable when we 
feel just completely obsessed with committing to something that's no longer serving us. And and there's a lot that no longer serves us when you decided what you wanted to do at 22. Well, I would say, and for those who are, you know, maybe just tuning in or if they've forgotten, I'm talking to Maxie McCoy, author of You're Not Lost. This conversation we're having right now on, on the number under some age list is at page 78. Yeah. So if you've got Maxie's front book in front of you, flip it to page 78. This is where you'll find all of this. Um, and uh, I'm going to say, Maxie, I got two more to add to your list. I know you had, you know, Vera Wang and, and um, Ava a- DuVernay, yeah. my favorite. And, oh, like so many, but you know, add Lucille Ball to the yes, list, you absolutely. know, for, for older listeners. Um, and Helen Gurley Brown. I mean, when yes. we, we yeah. interviewed our mutual friend, Kate White of Cosmo. Love love her on on this show and you know Helen Gurley Brown I mean think of what did she have and you know what 20 25 jobs before she landed as uh editor at Cosmo so um right and I think I think that's so powerful because it reminds you that you can pursue what is lighting you up at any given time. It doesn't have to be when you're 25 or 35. It really, we, you know, there's so many chapters to our lives. And I think that that can bring a lot of peace as we, you know, live in this world that is constantly comparing. And, and I love that chapters because all of us are going to have interesting and long careers, you know, yes. the way, the way, the, wor- the way aging in the world is going. Maxie, I want to make sure everyone knows where to find you. Where are the best pl- places for people to find your current conversations. Yeah, I think the place that I'm giving the most value to people, which is always my goal, is uh, on Instagram at Maxie McCoy. And then on my website, MaxieMcCoy.com, you know, I create weekly writings, long form blog posts, uh, and I, I really engage with people there. Lots of worksheets, lots of fun. So that's fantastic. Thank you. And your book, You're Not Lost, uh, pretty much and can find it everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Okay, one of the things I love uh, in your book, you're you like me um, are a fan of micro actions, as yes. is uh, one of our other past guests on the show, uh, Tom Peters. Talk about why why you're a I love Tom why you're a fan of micro actions. Yeah, I think in the context of you know this group of people and and who I'm consistently talking to and and this idea of feeling lost, you know what happens is you see you might have a feeling of where you want to be, um, but you're like oh I'm so far from there, or you're like I have no idea where I even want to be, so therefore what am I supposed to do now? And I think micro actions can solve both of those problems, which are the two problems that lead us into feeling lost. And you know in the context of micro actions, it makes anything possible. We just don't give small steps and small actions enough merit and enough weight. And, you know, when I think about my own journey of sports broadcasting, wasn't it? I knew I had the passion for women's leadership and writing and speaking, but I had no idea where that would end up or how to write a book. The absolute smallest thing that I could do and did do because it was the only thing I knew to do was to sign up for a writing class. That decision changed my life truly. And, you know, I think we don't, we don't give any merit there, but those are the small things that over and over and over again, build up to the work and the alignment and the energy that you've always wanted. And so the question that I am constantly asking myself and encouraging others who are, who are feeling stuck or lost or unsure is just, 
what's the absolute smallest thing that I can do here? You know, and the smallest thing around something that lights me up, something that energizes me, something that inspires me. What's the absolute smallest thing I can do and do that today and tomorrow and the next, you know, 10,000 days and small things build. Uh, Can I jump in? You've got a book and a book deal. Oh, Kelly, I am wide awake. Grateful Marty's chiming in. Hi, Marty. Hi. Talk to me. I just want to make a comment. I, in fact, read the book. Uh, Great job. I love the idea of small steps. I I, I just, that really hit home. And as I was reading it, as I'm reflecting on that now, well, they don't want to take, I guess people don't want to take small steps because they're in such a hurry to hit that big goal. They're in such a hurry to make those lists that they just, they, they have their head down are not looking up for the, all those opportunities uh, and to take those small steps and to, and to just kind of keep moving forward. It takes time and effort. It does. And I know that you know this in your career, Kelly. I know that you know this in your career. All of the success and the magic that you've created, I'm sure you can look back and say, oh, wow, I'm so glad I made that tiny decision, that decision to start blogging, that decision to start the podcast that, you know, probably came down to buying a URL, right? Like a one small thing that just, Mm -hmm. that continued to build. And it's, it's the truth of any successful person, like both of you who has done that. It's just, you know, you were willing to put in the work and let it be small for a little bit. I want to say we just cling to that notion of overnight success. And, I know. Uh, as just as like we cling to, you know, the 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 solo journey, um, which, you know, something else I wanted to talk to you about, you know, and yeah. again, it, you know, I'm going to say, let me, re- let me refer to the book. Marty, you've got your copy there. You can <laughs> flip ahead to page 89. You talk about members of your girl gang, um, yeah. you know, Jacqueline and Carly and I hear so many stories um, about people who have, you know, made it the hard way, clawing tooth and nail to get where they are and then refuse to give back. Um, And unfortunately, I hear that a lot with women um, and a lot of kneecapping and backstabbing. Do you believe it's different for your generation? I do. I think we are um, we are fortunate to have the path forged by so many women who, you know, there was one spot at the boardroom table. There was one office in the executive suites for them. Right. And so a bit of that competition just came as a byproduct of the world had not changed yet. There was so fewer spots for them. And, and, and so, you know, I, while I do think that there's very real generational differences in, in terms of competition versus collaboration, um, you know, what I am experiencing within this kind of millennial subset and beyond is a knowledge and a notion that we are better together. And, you know, collaboration really does, you know, lift all boats in the harbor. And, you know, what I what I do know and what I do believe in the context of, you know, building that girl gang and building that squad that becomes very important is to not always look so far ahead of you with the, you know, cool, huge, successful people that like, oh, I want to be besties or mentors or whatever with them and, and really just looking around um, and seeing how much can happen within within a peer set, right? Um, there's a lot to learn there because Kelly, as I'm sure you've experienced in your career, 10 years ago, you know, nobody knew who some of you were. And now you're all together 
crushing life um, and, you know, really, really on top of your game. And and it's just, you know, it's being willing to build those sincere and those authentic relationships outside of how many Instagram followers someone has. Like that doesn't mean that they're going to be valuable or not to you. I, I love that. And I do. I truly believe there is something different um, with your generation uh, in terms of the support. And maybe it is the absence of that scarcity mentality. Like your success does not take away from somebody else's success. Yeah. Somebody else's success. And I, I think that's a sort of a, you know, a sword we've been hanging under. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of sad. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's all generalizations, right? Because, you know, you're a perfect example of someone who's always been not only so giving to the women around you, but the women coming behind you. And like women like me have been on the receiving end of, you know, of your wisdom. And I think that we have we have learned from the good ones, right, to continue to to always do that both in front of us, beside us and behind us. And it's the only way we're going to we're going to change the status quo. So I think we've all realized we don't really have an option. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I cre- credit my attitude towards mentoring and uh, other people to, you know, I'm going to say my, my, my legal training and being admitted to the bar in the province of Ontario, where there in, in essence is institutional mentoring uh, and yeah. it's a professional responsibility. Yeah. And, and that kind of takes you to a different place. Let's remind everybody once again, Maxie, where they can find your book, yeah, which is my, called You're Not Lost. <laughs> yeah, it's called You're Not Lost. It's, you know, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, most local retailers. It's at a lot of urban outfitters also. So if you type and you're not lost into into Google, you'll find it. You'll, you'll find it. And what you'll find in there is not just a lot of maxisms. There's worksheets and, and exercises and all sorts of good stuff. So it's not just a passive read. Yeah, it's not. And I think it's really important as we're trying to figure this stuff out that, you know, we can provide all of the wisdom and, you know, stories and inspiration. But I really do believe that until you start asking yourselves some questions and really making it about you, that's where the shift starts to happen, which is, you know, why it was so important to me to have worksheets and questions. And, and, you know, it's a book that I say that, you know, you get down and dirty with it's, it's not one that uh, comes that you finish and it it looks like it did at the beginning. (laughs) You know, and I'm a fan of books like that. I'm a fan of folding pages and writing, putting sticky notes and writing in books and, you know, horrifying librarians. (laughs) Um, All right. There's a couple other questions I want to ask you and I'm trying to figure out which order you know what let's let's go with this because I mean that we were just talking about the girl gang any guidance for companies businesses out there on hiring or working with millennial women yeah I think what what is important to know about this generation is you know a couple of things this gets talked about a lot but the research continues to show it just the importance of really being um, attached to purpose and and knowing the bigger why of the work that someone is doing and the collaboration also that's needed within that. And then, you know, I think understanding the landscape with which we're, the future of work is operating in, right? You know, within the next couple of years, 40% of the workforce will be independent workers. And so, you know, just understanding that a lot of that comes from a drive for flexibility. Millennial women are not young anymore, right? They are having children, they are building their lives. And so understanding how you can retain top talent, but also their expectation of being able to have their families and have flexibility and and still be able to contribute. If you miss that, you'll miss the boat. Uh, Maxie, here we go. I, my last question, and then I'll see if Marty's got anything. Um, 
Shine. I want you to tell people what the app is. But on Shine, you have a seven days to starting a side hustle. One of our other business builders show guests who we talked about before, Kate White, uh, mm-hmm. she's talked about her side hustle um, on the show. Uh, tell us, you know, like some tips. How, yeah. what's, what, you know, I want people to get the Shine app. So, but tell us some, like, give us a little hint when we, before we get to the Shine app of, yeah. uh, you know, for your side hustle. Yeah, I think everyone should know about Shine. It's done by, you know, two women in my girl gang who are absolutely amazing. But it's essentially a pep talk in your pocket. In you know, you get daily motivational texts and content. And then you have things like this seven-day challenge, uh, which is an audio challenge for starting your side hustle to be able to follow along and, and really work on, you know, bringing your dream to life. And I think that any time that we're talking about side hustles and, you know, Kate White is an amazing example and I am an amazing example, right? I was writing and creating for three plus years before I went and built my own business. And that is the piece that I think that we miss is we do talk about these overnight successes. We talk about, you know, people who went out and got venture funding and quit their life and started this billion dollar unicorn. And for the majority of us building small businesses and building things that really matter to us, we don't look like those stories. What we look like are, you know, people who were willing to experiment, who are willing to try things, who are willing to let it all build before you you made a big choice, like leaving your job, like going all in, like investing a lot of your own money into it. And I think experimentation with side hustling is with anything in our lives is incredibly important. And allowing ourselves to do that without the immediate payoff is going to be, you know, what lets something build from side hustle into your full-time thing is, is the consistent, again, small actions, experimentation, so that you can see what you feel like in those roles, in that work. You know, what we say we want to do versus how we actually feel in it can sometimes be different. Uh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Marty, do you have anything else for Maxie today? I, Talk to me, Marty. I want to repeat the title of the book, You're Not Lost. And the subtitle, I think, is very important. It connects to everything that you've talked about. An inspired action plan for finding your own way. And I think that's an important part of your book and the story that we've talked about today. Yeah, thank you. Well, Maxie, thank you. And yes, we are so batshit grateful that you have been here. (laughs) Uh, One more time, tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram and where your website is. Yep, it's MaxieMcCoy.com, at MaxieMcCoy on Instagram. And the book is anywhere major books are sold. Thank you so much, Maxie. Thank Thank you you so much for having me. Thanks, J. Kelly Hoey, for being our guest host on The Business Builders Show. You can learn more about Kelly at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey, H-O-E-Y dot C-O. And of course, you can learn more about me, Marty Wolf, and the Business Builder Show at martywolfbusinesssolutions.com. That's martywolfbusinesssolutions.com. Remember, you can get all our shows and many other great shows at c-suiteradio.com. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio Show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. 
You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.